Welcome back to another sci-fi episode where psychology and finances intersect. We're going to continue to examine how you think, feel, and behave with money as it pertains to overspending. This is part two of the overspending episode. So we talked last time about how difficult it is for an overspender just to stop overspending because after all, it is a compulsive behavior. A compulsion is tied to a thought. So if you want to change the compulsive spending or the behavior, you must change a thinking pattern or a belief process. So whether you're thinking you need to overspend because of status because of image and how you want to portray yourself to others, then that's a thought pattern that needs to be challenged into more of a pattern of what do I truly value and want in life. So this episode is not just for partners who are living with someone or caring for someone or in a relationship with someone who happens to be an overspender. Because listen, if you're an overspender and you don't feel like you have someone that you could gain this level of support that I'm going to be talking about today, you could think of your inner critic as your partner support. And I'll tell you what I mean by that in just a few moments. So first of all, you have to realize that your relationship with money impacts your relationships, whether positive or negative. Olivia Mellon, again, the author of Overcoming Overspending, she says, when you always get what you want, you may not get what you need. So one of the fallacies in the overspending thought process is that you don't have enough and that you need more. So this is where you can interrupt that cycle of fear and shame and not having enough and think of overspending as a wound. If you have a wound that needs to be cared for, the first thing you have to do is show it to somebody. Usually it's a doctor, right? How am I going to care for this? Or if you know someone who's a nurse practitioner, hey, come over to my house, take a look at this. What do I do? <laughs> right? The first thing you have to do is reveal the wound. And sometimes that is shameful in and of itself. You're exposing a part of yourself that you wouldn't necessarily expose. And it might be ugly, it might be disgusting, and the way you even feel about your overspending feels that way on the inside. But without light and fresh air, that wound is not going to heal. Without you sharing with somebody that you have a problem with overspending, you're going to continue overspending, and that wound will continue to fester. So here's how a partner can assist you. And if you don't have a partner, here's how you can also assist yourself through supportive detachment. So again, if you're doing this yourself, you're assigning some duties to your inner critic. So here's what Olivia says to the partners out there. You can be involved, supportive, and healing without having to race to 
the rescue. Supportive detachment is what all therapists, all social workers, all financial counselors have to engage in. We have to take a step back and not work harder than the client. If you try to work harder than your partner when it comes to overspending, not only will that person fail, but you're going to fail as well because you have no control over that partner. So this supportive detachment doesn't mean you don't care. It means you care enough to want your partner to grow by exercising his or her own courage, tenacity, and willingness to change. That's a quote right out of overcoming overspending. But here's what I had to say about that. If you're not engaging in supportive detachment, you are robbing your partner of the opportunity to grow when you micromanage. Micromanaging is the opposite of supportive detachment. And we all know how that does not work in the workplace and how it doesn't work in relationships, hands down. Here's what I'm also going to say, sensible self-defense. If you are someone who is caught up with an overspender, if you earn less than the overspender and you are married to that overspender, perhaps you would seek some sort of a paycheck going right into your account so that you can meet your basic needs and not become destitute yourself. And also, so now that money cannot be touched by the overspender. What we're talking about here is separating finances. And even Olivia Mellon says this. She says separate money can make even a balanced relationship stronger. It is true. In any healthy relationship, there is some sort of separation, not just within finances, but with with things that you do. I mean, going out with girlfriends, you wouldn't invite your husband along, right? Or when they're going out with the guys, you're not going to come along. That's not a healthy relationship. So there are some financial experts out there that say that you should not separate your finances. But what I have found is that what is going to work for you and your family is what is going to be effective. If you earn more, if you are someone who is a partner of an overspender and you are you are in a committed relationship, if you earn more than this overspender, perhaps you would consider giving them a stipend so that they're not sensing that they have to constantly ask for money because they can't pay for all the groceries. They can't pay for all the childcare. Maybe now it's just a budget is going to reveal what's really going on. Perhaps you viewed this person as an overspender all along when actually they just didn't have the money to cover all costs. There's a big difference between someone who's overspending intentionally for that dopaminergic high and someone who's overspending just to meet needs. Earning agreement about this separation is going to be a little different. (laughs) It's going to be hard. Here's what I would encourage you to emphasize. And this is what Olivia Mellon from the, the author of Overcoming Overspending would want you to emphasize as well. Emphasize that you feel compelled to propose this step so you can stay detached enough to continue being loving, caring, and supportive. Wow, I love that statement so much. And as I state in the class recording, which a link will be provided for you for the full recording of the class, we do that with our kids. We have a supportive detachment with our kids. We take them to school. 
We leave them at school so that we can long for them throughout the day. We go pick them up. Oh, and then it's such a joy to hug them. It's such a joy to see them again. And I've told my own kids, mama's got to go out with friends tonight so that I continue to be loving, caring, and supporting, supportive as your mom. And I say it differently. I said, so that I can love you more. <laughs> and that's exactly what you would do for your partner. And that's a different way of saying that I'm going to take complete control of the finances now because obviously you can't do it. That is an insult and that will get you nowhere. And then now you run the risk of revenge over spending. Let's not engage in that. You can see the entire recording of the class, but I do want to give you a few things I did not share with the class. Be patient with inevitable setbacks. Olivia Mellon says this, it may be difficult at first, but you must steel yourself to be able to witness an occasional slip or stumble in your partner's struggle to heal without feeling it's a personal defeat or a slap in your face. I love that. The next one is to recognize and honor even small signs of progress. If your overspending partner is overspending less, that is progress. Give them a high five and continue to support them. Now, granted, the question was posed in the Q&A section. What if it's leading to bankruptcy? That's a whole other animal. Supportive detachment is not necessarily what's going to help without a professional's help. It doesn't have to be a financial therapist. Maybe this person needs a traditional mental health therapist to assist with the compulsions and the obsessions. So there's obsession or thought tied to the compulsive behavior of shopping. That is something that could be helpful for the two of you. So please remember, you are not alone in this journey. You do not have to do it all alone. You are not expected, if you are the overspender, you are not expected to do this alone. And if you try to do it alone, you're probably not going to succeed. If you are the partner of an overspender, you do not have to do this alone. Even if your partner, your overspending partner, decides not to go to therapy, you yourself can go to therapy and get a lot out of therapy for yourself so that you yourself also gain supportive detachment. I hope that these overspending episodes have helped you this holiday season to possibly engage your brain in a different way to where now you strategize a little differently and think a little differently before you spend. And if you need assistance, please reach out to me. We're here for you and we'd love to work with you. Have a great holiday season.